After leaving the cave, I went off to find this so-called hair in reality with Miranda in tow. We parked at the edge of Nylon Woods, and followed Zane, along with Stephen Lundy, the leader of the Order of Billeth, as they set off into the woods. Despite being thrust into all of this pretty quickly, Miranda was handling this surprisingly well. That said, I would have much rather have had Buddy and Amy by my side for this. I bet you would much rather have Buddy and Amy by your side for this. Yeah, well, beggars can't be choosers, can they? Since we seem to have a few minutes, can we talk now? Well, considering that we're on our way to a potential hole in the world, I'd say there are other pressing matters at hand. Deflecting yet again, I see. What a surprise. Really? D do you really think this is the time to be picking a fight with me? Do you really think you can avoid me forever? Okay, well, touché, but, you know, in my own time, I would have. It's been over a year since we last spoke. That's a little more than in your own time. I'm not sure what else you want me to say. It wasn't working, so it was over. I don't know why you're dragging this out. Because we need closure, Jonathan. We never got that. It was just over, and that was that at your decision. I wasn't allowed to say anything. Well, you've said plenty, all right. You know what I mean. Do I really? Why are you being so harsh? There's no need to be. You showed up on my doorstep without a warning. And to be fair, you kind of pissed off my friends. I tried to give you warning, but someone didn't answer their phone. For months. To be fair, you are the one who pissed off your friends, not me. I mean, you didn't even mention me to them? Isn't that a little strange? Again, we're over. Why would I bring it up? I don't know, maybe because getting married is a pretty significant event in one's life, and that fact probably should have been shared with the people you're closest to? Well, when I got back, we weren't exactly on the best terms, and when we were, it just never came up. I assume that was THE Amy? Not that it's any of your business, but yes, it was. She's cute. I'm aware. Have you guys... Can we not, please? I'm just asking. I'd rather you didn't. You need to take that stick out of your ass, Jonathan. I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere until we figure this out, one way or another. That, and I literally have no idea where we even are. Actually, I think we're close to the Werebunny Warren. The what? It's a long story. Well, we have the time. Again, there are more pressing matters at hand. Right. Like us. What's left to say? I don't know. Maybe start with what the hell happened? When I met you a few years ago, you were fresh off the heartbreak of being stood up at your own wedding and were so hellbent on starting over. A new career in a new town. That's what you said to me. Do you remember that? <laughs> Honestly, much more than I would like to. Does everything have to be a joke to you? I get it, you're still upset about everything, whether between us or between you and Amy. But you weren't the only one who has ever been hurt, you know. You hurt me pretty bad. Hang on, you hurt me first. Did I? Or did you, and not even realize it? What the hell does that mean? <sighs> you're not okay, Jonathan. Excuse me? Oh, don't get all defensive. You're not. You haven't been in a long, long time. As soon as you left this place, this town, you were missing a part of yourself. You thought that moving to California away from your problems would solve it, but it didn't. And when I met you, when I recognized that, I thought, maybe selfishly, that I could fix it myself. But I was wrong. Miranda. No, listen to me. It's true. The entire time you spent in California, you may have physically been there, but mentally, you were still here. You never left. You couldn't get away from it. You may not have done it consciously, but I could see it. I could feel it. It was always on your mind. No amount of changes could ever fix that until you came here and fixed it yourself. But I didn't care because I loved you. I loved you so much. And I loved you too. But clearly it didn't matter because you left me. Because you weren't there, Jonathan. Didn't you just hear me? You weren't there. There I was, standing in front of you, and you were in your own head. In Melancholy Falls, thinking about... whatever. And getting married didn't fix it. I am an idiot for thinking it would. But that's a choice I made too, because I wanted it to help. And then, 
after two years of not being able to, I just stopped. I couldn't take it anymore. I just drifted. <laughs> yeah, right into someone else's arms. Can you blame me? The person I loved, my husband, just shut down. You wouldn't talk to me. You wouldn't work with me. You wouldn't even acknowledge the problem. You were content to ignore it, but I couldn't anymore. Do you know how much that weighed on me? How much it hurt me? Actually, no. I didn't think of it like that. Of course you didn't, because you couldn't think of anything else. And I'm not blaming you for it. I just need you to recognize it. To understand why. Why I left. Why I did that. Why I couldn't just sit and watch you waste away anymore. It hurt too much. Look, I I'm sorry. I, I know it's probably too little too late, but I really am sorry. I had no idea. I was just so... I, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I just... I never meant to take it out on you. It wasn't intentional. I know it wasn't. That doesn't excuse it, though. It was wrong, and I'm sorry I didn't recognize it at the time. I've forgiven you for it long ago. That wasn't what this was about. I just needed you to finally see the why. The reasoning for why it happened. What went wrong between us before I signed the papers. But you're right. I, I should have answered your phone calls. I, I should have even- Don't. We can't change that now. We can only focus on the future. What comes next? I'm really sorry, Miranda. You're a good guy, Jonathan. I'm sorry it didn't work out. But you didn't belong out there with me. You belong here. Doing this, whatever this is. It is a little strange, right? Looks like you finally did find your new career, but in an old town. Why'd you come back, by the way? Did I skip that part earlier? I think so. So, long story short, I kept getting all these strange phone calls from these really creepy whispers. Like the voice that came out of Buddy earlier. They just kept telling me to return home. So, you did? Well, yeah, after some poking and prodding, I did. And now you are, what, some sort of supernatural mystery squad team? Something like that. They gave me this talisman, and all of a sudden it was like, let's go find the weird. And your friends, they help you? Yeah, uh, they do. A lot, actually. And you just kind of bumble your way through things? Hey, we actually solve strangeness and stuff. Most of the time. And Amy, are you guys together? Oh, no, no. Not at all. We're just friends. Oh, okay. Then are you and Buddy? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. Buddy's been my best friend since we were kids. Besides, he's got a boyfriend and I'm straight. Well, mostly. So what are your long-term plans here then? Are you staying? I mean, as long as there's evil and all, yeah, for now. It's kind of my job. One that doesn't pay, but a job nonetheless. And when you're done? Like when your parents are back, and when the darkness is defeated, or kept at bay, or whatever it is that you need to do? Well, I'll figure it out when it happens. Like I always do. But you'll stay, right? I mean, probably. What about you, though? What are your plans? Well, I did fly all the way out here. I suppose I'll stick around for a few days before I head back. Besides, a, a girl only goes on an adventure like this once in a lifetime, right? Traipsing through the woods in search of a hole in reality? It's a typical Thursday in Melancholy Falls. I don't know, that guy, Zane, he seemed pretty serious about it. Don't mind him. He's serious about everything. Did you know he died? Like, twice? What, like a heart attack or something? Did you give him CPR? Oh, no, no, I mean like full-on dead. The first time, this tentacle from another dimension, it like sucked him into a portal, and when it spit him out, he was dead. And then the other time, a vengeful genie who was the physical embodiment of one of the seven sins, he literally disintegrated him. Disintegrated? But he's right there. Well, yeah, he got better. We just don't have any idea how. 
And the funny thing is, he just never remembers it happening. Like, he's meeting us all over again for the first time every time it happens. Weird, right? You certainly have a lot of excitement in this town. Stick around and you'll see how true that is. I just might. In front of us, Zane and Lundy began to slow down. Zane stood before a grouping of overgrown bushes and motioned for us to hurry up. When we caught up to them, he got very serious again. I know you're used to seeing us within the cave, Mr. Barker, full of cloak and dagger. So prepare yourself, for you are about to see the full power of the Society of Shadows at work. Dude, I've seen a lot in the last year. Not much is going to surprise me these days. <laughs> Suit yourself. Zane smiled and pushed aside the bushes. And the thing on the other side of them, in the clearing in the middle of the woods, was something I was not prepared for. Return Home, Episode 25, A New Career in a New Town. You just listened to Part 2 of 3. It was written and produced by Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Steppy Kamei, Cleve Nettles, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. Want to find us on social media, buy Return Home merchandise, or support us on Patreon? You can find links for each in the show notes or on our website at returnhomepodcast.com questions, comments, want to know what Jonathan saw? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.